Hello and welcome to the What in the World is Dyscalculia podcast presented by Educalc Learning and I'm your host Dr. Honora Wall and I'm talking to you today and recording this podcast from a special education educator conference in Wisconsin. It's a really great conference. I have pages of notes from both this conference and my last one in Iowa of things that I need to get into this podcast. So I need to get some episodes recorded, but I wanted to be dyscalculia adjacent today and talk a little bit about anxiety, specifically generalized anxiety disorder and where we have comorbidity with dyscalculia. And one of the reasons why I'm doing this, I just had such an exciting experience at the conference. I was going to an afternoon session about working with students who have anxiety, especially generalized anxiety disorder. And usually at these conferences, your breakout rooms have about 15, maybe 30 people at a really well-attended session. You can have as few as eight people and still have a robust conversation in a session. So that's what I was expecting going into the anxiety room. I'm not kidding when I tell you there were 80 people in chairs and another 20 sitting on the floor along the side wall or standing in the back. It was jam-packed and the presenter was great. I did not stay for the whole session because I could practically write my own session about generalized anxiety disorder from working with students and family members and I have a well-rounded uh set of experiences and knowledge about generalized anxiety disorder. But I was so excited to see how many other people were in the room and really digging into the ways anxiety literally, physically, chemically blocks learning, blocks recall, blocks moving information from short-term to long-term memory, blocks the coding in a neurological sense between information and where we store information in the brain. Obviously, the implications for educators are huge, and it's so misunderstood and becoming so common. There's such an increase in people who are diagnosed with a generalized anxiety disorder or who have such high anxiety that it impacts their daily life. Uh, So I was very encouraged to see more people really getting into this and talking about the impact in an educational framework. Of course, the quality of life impact is also huge. Uh, And for students, school makes up most of their quality of life, takes up their whole day. So it's a, a really important conversation. So how does this intersect with our math learning disability? Well, first of all, you can be comorbid, which just means you have more than one diagnosis. So you could be diagnosed with both dyscalculia and a generalized anxiety disorder or anything else. Or you could just have dyscalculia but have anxiety around math and math performance, but not have this to the severity and consistency of a generalized anxiety disorder. Now, for students in the classroom, tomato, tomato, if you're very anxious, if you're having test or performance anxiety, or specifically math anxiety, 
or if you just have anxiety all the time with a generalized anxiety disorder, your experience is, is pretty much the same. It's misery. It's impactful. It's hard to focus. It's hard to retain information. You feel like you're under attack physically. That's how it, it feels a lot of time in the, in the mind. So, um, we can have both. We can have a lot of overlap. They do not come from the same place. So you can have a generalized anxiety disorder and not have any other diagnosis. You can also have dyscalculia and not have a long-term chronic anxiety condition. But you can develop anxiety over time through having a lot of negative experiences. And that's very common with students who have dyscalculia. They have years and years and years of trying, of working hard, of doing extra homework, pushing through, tears at night, lots of tutors, begging for help, and not getting anywhere. And that can create a very anxious response, regardless of any other diagnosis. So, whichever diagnosis you may or may not have, understanding anxiety is a big part of working with people who have dyscalculia. And if that is you, it's a big part of understanding yourself as a learner and understanding how you can better support yourself in those anxiety producing circumstances, which math class certainly falls in that category for most people. So then the question is, what can you do? And that's a huge question to answer. Uh, there are a lot of resources out there. I encourage you to do a lot of Googling and searching and reading more about anxiety. Um, I can only scratch the surface in this podcast, but I do want to let you know that anxiety is a physical response. There are chemical interactions that happen in the brain and in the body. The release of cortisol, which is very dangerous, the release of a lot of the negative chemicals that that have their place but at an overwhelming amount can be uh, damaging. Cortisol is a big one. Adrenaline is a big one. If you keep having that adrenaline rush from a fight, flight, or freeze response, then your body has to absorb all of those chemicals back in later. It's very important to have some kind of an outlet, whether that is journaling, therapy would be great, meditation, a yoga practice, playing some other kind of sport that works best for you, a hobby that helps you relax so that you can have some downtime so that your heart rate can slow down, your blood pressure can go down, and you can release some of those chemicals that have built up from the anxiety response. That's really, really important. Sorry if someone is sneezing in the hallway, but hopefully they walk on. Okay. So hopefully that gave a little humor. If you can find humor as a way to help you diffuse your anxiety response, that's helpful too. But that's important not just to make you feel better. I think it's important enough to feel better. We're supposed to have an enjoyable life experience, but that should stand on its own. But outside of just that, it's important that you manage those emotions and that chemical response because the buildup over time can have some very serious health consequences if you're not managing your anxiety response. Also, it gets in the way of, like I said, memory, recall, learning information, being present in a situation so that you can understand what's happening, 
so that you can understand new content, so that you are getting the information, putting it into notes, being able to find it later, doing independent work on your own. If you're in the middle of an anxiety response, a heightened anxiety situation, none of those things are going to happen. And if you are an educator listening to the podcast, then you definitely want to be aware of how you can reduce anxiety in your classroom. A lot of it is tone of voice. A lot of it is not putting people on the spot, um, not making people feel badly about whether or not they remember the answer to the question you're asking. There are so many ways we can do quick check-ins with students to make sure they're paying attention, to make sure they understand the lesson. And it doesn't have to be accusatory. It doesn't have to be negative. It could be something like, okay, I need to answer this question. Jim, grab your calculator. Put this in the calculator. Tell me what you get. Sally, I want you to go to the notes we took yesterday. See if you have this definition in your notes. If you can find it, read it to me. If not, let's take a minute and make sure we add it into your notes. You've met the objective of checking in with your students. You've met the objective of having them engage in the lesson, but you didn't put them on the spot. You didn't expose anyone, and in that way you can really manage someone's experience in the class. There are a lot of other things to know about uh, anxiety. When we look at assessments, you might want to make sure that students who seem to have an anxiety response or who you know have an anxiety disorder, let them have notes. Let them have a worked example. Spend a few minutes before you give a test just welcoming everyone to the class, doing a few little deep breaths, kind of acclimating. Remember everyone, today's test is going to be about this topic. You're going to watch for this. That's the common mistake. You want to avoid that. Remember, we're going to have word problems at the end, and they're all going to be about this, this, and this. That way you've set the tone, you've kind of let everyone settle in, and you'd be amazed how much that can help reduce an anxiety response for people. Now, of course, if your student or you yourself is in the middle of a heightened anxiety response, hopefully you have a plan in place where you can leave the room. You can go to a nurse's office, you can go to the counselor's office. You can just go outside of the situation and have a place to decompress for a minute and remove yourself from the situation. That's very important in managing an anxiety response. So these are just some very surface level things that are easy for anyone to implement in any situation, but have a huge impact for students and for students as people, not just students as learners. Uh, This podcast, we usually direct things to educators. So of course, we're also thinking about their education. What are they getting from our class? And they're not going to get anything if we're not helping to manage their stress and helping them to recognize, hopefully avoid, or at least manage or recover from an anxious experience. I'll put some more information about this on the educalclearning.com website in the next few weeks and on our nonprofit website, thedtri.org, so that we can get some more information out. I'm going to run back in the room and get the speaker's information, and I will share that also. If you're on Facebook, find us on Facebook. EduCalc Learning has a Facebook page, and we've started a public group, the Teachers Dyscalculia Support Group. 
Please join us. That's really for educators to share resources, ideas, success stories, and to talk with other teachers about students who have dyscalculia and how we can help. If you have any questions or comments for me, please email me, honora at educalclearning.com. That's H-O-N-O-R-A. Or find our website, find me on Facebook. We're in the process of putting together some TikTok videos, so we're entering a brave new world of social media. And I would love to have you be a part of that journey and let me know what kind of questions you have so that I can help you answer them in the best way possible. This is Dr. Honora Wall, and I appreciate you being a part of this conversation. Thank you for listening to What in the World is Dyscalculia? And I will speak with you again soon.